Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, July 25th, 2021. Coming to you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another big show coming up for you tonight. Mr. Greg Wyshynski of ESPN will be joining us to talk all about the Islanders. What's going on in the league? Very excited about that. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian, how are you? Well, we got a lot to talk about, Sean, so I'm pretty good. That's always a good thing when we have a lot of news to break down. We have the NHL draft, the expansion draft, free agency is just a matter of days away. I, I mean, it's, uh, it's a very exciting time. You might say there's a lot going on, Christian. I mean, I think I just said that. There's a lot going on. So, folks, <laughs> want to thank you for joining us here at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Want to remind you all that we are proud to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great people, and great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. We're also very happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. So, folks, after a, a little bit of a hiatus here at Hockey Night in New York, we are back. As Christian said, the drafts are over. Free agency is upon us. And uh, we got plenty to talk about. So what do you say, CA? I mean, what a well, yesterday was a long day. Saturday being <laughs> the, the second round of the uh, second round, the second day of the draft. You had picks two through seven. The Islanders finally making picks after a relatively quiet night yeah. on the first night on the Espen. Uh, the Espen. We have Greg Bashinsky uh, <laughs> from ESPN coming on to talk everything offseason draft and all the good stuff. We were very excited to have Greg on, too. What yes. A, what a good week to have him Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And um, obviously a lot of things to cover between the expansion draft as well. I mean, Jordan Everly going there to the Seattle cracking, Kraken. The cracking. My mind is cracking <laughs> after cracking. all the chaos that's been going on this week. But Everly to the Kraken. The Islanders have, have a ton of cap space after being a team that we all thought was going to be very cap crunched. Lou Lamarillo managed Lou to Lamarillo, do folks. something that we never, I think we as a collective from Islanders media to Islander fans uh, would have imagined him doing. That's being able to get rid of the albatross that has been uh, Andrew Ladd's contract. I don't know, Christian. You work on this show. And I remember a certain someone talking about unloading that contract. Don't, I said, don't be surprised if it happens. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's uh, ruled out. So Sean what is happened? the only one in the world who could have predicted this coming through, coming true because he is a crazy person. Oh, well, that's true. That's and 100% there's true. No Everybody doubt, who watches the show knows that. There's no doubt in my mind that that was not something I think anyone, anyone in the chat would have predicted or anywhere else would have predicted them being able to dump Lad's contract on anyone. Now, granted, the Islanders had to basically say, Take him, push draft picks. We won't take anything back. Pretty amazing. What am I? I mean, I, I haven't covered a hockey that long. I don't, so I can't say like in all my years of hot covering hockey, but in all my time watching the sport, I didn't even know you could trade someone and just be like, no, nah, we're good. Aside from the cap relief and obviously what it did for the Islanders, one of my favorite trades ever made, just literally because of that, because it was just like, 
Just t- just take them. Yeah, <laughs> just we're take good. And we'll throw these in we're too. Good. We'll we'll give you a couple of draft picks also. Just take them. We don't need anything back. No, that's fine. We have enough towels. We have enough bucks. <laughs> we're good. Just just take them. And they did. And and no disrespect to Andrew Ladd. Everybody knows what he's accomplished in his career. Stanley Cup winner. And he was brought over to the Islanders to. There you was know, a lot of hope when he signed. There was. There was I remember hope. being excited about it. And unfortunately, he, he had some come to fruition. debilitating injuries, and it didn't pan out. And, and uh, you know, as, as people in the hockey media like to use the term albatross, that's what his contract became. Yes. And Lou Lamarillo, the, the godfather, as people like to call him, found a way <laughs> to come through and unloaded the contract. So, yeah, you know, you have, you have a, a lot of space here. T. That Boyle, to- by the way, in the chat already saying he called the trade as well. Oh, so there you go. That makes two of us. <laughs> two people. So, look at us. Millions of New York Islander fans. Look at us. That, uh, Smartest people not in the country. No, yeah. I didn't say it was going to happen. I just said don't rule it out. You were, I, in fairness, you were one of the few people that said I could see it happening. Thank if you. This, if X, Y, and Z happened, and then this happened, and I mean it, it did. So give credit it to did, Sean. Buddy. I don't remember T. Boyle saying this in the chat, but I will give him credit too. Um, he may have because he may or may not have said that. So he'll get a he'll get a uh, a half hearted. Okay. Hey, you were right. A little credit. A little credit. All right. So let's let's talk about this this newfound cap space and kind of where it came from. Why don't we start with the Letty deal? We'll talk about that. They deal him over to Detroit to the Detroit Red Wings. He's reunited with Franzi Nielsen and Thomas Grice. That's right. And, uh, coming the other way was Mr. Panic and a second round pick. So why don't we start there? What do you what do you make of that deal? Yeah, I mean it, it was a. I, I don't think it's a bad deal. The Islanders clearly need to free up cap space, and it was no secret that Nick Letty was being. Shopped around by the Islanders, especially going into that roster freeze on thir- on um, Saturday afternoon. It's it's not that surprising to to see that Letty was eventually traded and that Detroit was the partner because after you look at a lot of the teams that still had cap space, Detroit is one of the few that could do what the Islanders needed them to do. They need they, they needed him them to take Nick Letty's contract off their hands, mm-hmm. and in turn. You know, they got, you know, panic. I don't, you know, I don't really know if that'll ever turn into anything for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. There's also a uh, salary retention on that end, too. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a, it was a big get for the Islanders mm-hmm. as well. And it, it freed up more cap space. And that's really the name of the game. The Islanders were going out there. Lou Lamarell was going out there. And, and the name of the game was freeing up cap space. And that's what they were doing. Right. Um, it was the best deal available. And the Islanders, the Islanders got Detroit to, to, to bite. I mean, Detroit gets a very good player. Don't get me wrong. And the Islanders now have to fill another defensive position in Nick Letty, similar to what happened last year when they had to fill Devon Taze's role because they had to get rid of him because of the cap crunch. So it's, it's, Good and it's bad. The Islanders, in the sense, right. it's good. They freed up all that cap space, five five point five million off the books. The bad side is that now you have to find a way to replace Nick Letty. And what is the answer to that? I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But yes. it becomes a big question now in the offseason with the many other questions that Lou Lamorello has to solve between RFAs, UFAs, and then making the team better. Right. I think the most important thing that this was this was step one in a lot of very necessary steps that Lou had to take in order to properly manage the cap space and, and properly fill it. I mean, he set himself up now where he can bring in a day to replace Letty. He can bring in a forward to replace Everly. <laughs> Whether he gets the guy he wants or not right. remains to be seen. We're going to find out. But well, he did free up that salary. And the interesting thing, if you look at the available defensemen, the, the defensemen that are out there that are possibilities, it's not a whole lot. So, I mean, right. that was... If you want to kind of nitpick some of these these trades to get to free up more cap space, it certainly puts the Islanders in a, a, an interesting position because their defensive depth outside of Noah Dobson, who was already in the in the starting six there, mm-hmm. so to speak. I don't know why I call it the starting, but he's in the he's it's in fine. the. <laughs> 
we in, got in the rotation of, of yeah. defensemen there. I, I mean, who else has taken that spot after? I mean, you're gonna, you're not going to put Thomas Hickey back in at that point. No, and there is there is no Bash Naho. I don't think at this point I, the Islanders really haven't given him too much of a look. I can't imagine he's jumping in there now after all this time. It's, it's pretty clear that there's no suitable replacement in house right now. They're going to have to go outside. Right. And like you said, we are gonna we are gonna talk a little bit about that later, but just more to focus on, you know, where they at they where they're at with the deal, yeah. the fact that they have a huge hole to fill now. So you free Lenny. up five point five million, right? That's you take a little bit to. back from from panic. We're not sure if he's in the plans yet. I mean, look, if you look at the roster right now at the end of July, sure, he he could slot maybe in the on the third line or be a fourteenth right. forward. It really depends. I mean, look, this isn't how the roster is going to look by the time we get to October. But we know the Panic, I believe, played with, with Barry Trotz for a little bit in Washington, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's correct. So there's some familiarity uh, yeah. there. So, you know, maybe I he's feel just like the guy he'd like to have here. I feel like that's a move that's – he's more of a depth player. He's, you know, yeah, he's an yeah. extra forward that you, you keep around in case sure. you, need you need a body maybe, there maybe like, injuries. Maybe like the next Tom Kunakel. Right. You know what I mean? And I, think, and I think even more so this year when you look at the schedule, how condensed it is and how long the Islanders are going to be on the road, you're going to need the extra bodies, especially this year. Yeah. Back to back years where everything is very condensed in a short period of time, you're playing games and injuries are going to be, uh, uh, I think, equally as high as they were last year. So it's, it's certainly something the Islanders have learned from each year that you know you're not playing an 82 game schedule with with everybody staying healthy. It's just not going to happen. Right, right, for sure. So we'll move on to the lad deal as we already talked about a little bit. But I think a lot of people were were surprised and impressed that that Lou didn't have to give up a first rounder mm-hmm. to make that deal. He was able to unload that salary that everybody look. He was it was going to be a you know just five and a half million dollars going to nothing. He he wasn't going to put on an island of Jersey ever again. So, you know, we were wondering how they were going to get rid of it if they were. And we found out that Arizona wants all your bad contracts. They will, they will, take, <laughs> they will take them all on if, if, if you're offering. So, you know, they get to stockpile some picks. Again, what, what was it, two second rounders, a conditional third or something like that, right? I don't have it in front of me. Neither do you, obviously. I don't. I, look I, on your face. <laughs> but, I yeah, look up the trade there, right was no, there was no first rounder. They had to give up, I think, two seconds. There was a condition on one of them. I think it, it might have to do with Lad playing a game or if the Islanders get to the cup or something like that. But the bottom line is, you know, uh, Lou had a couple of extra picks to deal. You know, he picks up that, that second rounder. In the, Andrew in the, Ladd, a, condi- a second rounder, conditional second round pick in 2022, a okay. second round pick in 2021, which is the one I previously mentioned, and then the conditional mm-hmm. third round pick in 2023. Okay. And the Islanders get no return Zero. again, Zero. which is maybe my favorite just part the, of that entire deal. It's just yeah. that, I, I, again, obviously we're talking about Andrew Ladd, and there's no disrespect meant with it no. behind him as a human being. He is a phenomenal person. I know Andrew Gross, when he was on here, said mm-hmm. the same thing. He's a great guy, great in the locker room, great to talk to. Mm-hmm. But what we're talking about, specifically his ability to play on the ice and the, the salary issues that the Islanders had because of his contract and, and, and what he was signed to. He just never panned out. And it's an unfortunate situation because yeah. you looked at what the Islanders gave him in, in the length of that contract. You, you kind of knew it was going to be a little bit of a risk there at that point. But still, that was when the Islanders were still in that point of time when they needed to overpay free agents to come to Long Island. This yeah. was just at the cusp of things starting to turn around a little Right, bit. right. So they front-loaded with all the bonuses right. and everything like that. And it was basically a buyout-proof contract and all that. Yeah, no, for sure. So he's out the door. Islander country's happy. And now we just got to find out how they're going to fill up his cap space. And That's another $5.5 million off the books. Right. 
Right, and look, we're probably going to find out soon. you got free agency coming up on Wednesday. Wednesday. We'll find out RFA is tomorrow. They have to submit their qualifying offers by tomorrow. Just to see who they're bringing back. Right, Right. so we'll get a sense then. Lou Lamorello, who spoke with the media yesterday, which being yesterday being Saturday for anyone not listening on Sunday, Mm -hmm. um, spoke with the media and and didn't really give any hints of of Andrew. uh, Andrew Gross, I believe, was the one that asked about if he was planning on not qualifying anyone and Lou in typical Lou fashion sort of sidestepped the question and um, you know, the final decision will be made tomorrow and um, we'll find out somewhat after that, who's going to be qualified, who's not going to be qualified. If there's going to be any surprises, it'll be interesting. Very, very interesting. But Christian, we're going to have to pick that up a little bit later because Greg Wyshynski of ESPN is going to join us. We want to thank all of you for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night. NY. we'll be right back. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. That's right. I will swing us back in, Shawnee. (laughs) Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. Christian Arnold, Sean Cuthbert with you as always. And you know, as always, this is a live show because there's always some little technical glitch or error. So we're just waiting on... Uh, Greg Wyshynski is going to join us at 8.30. Correct. Uh, he'll join us at 8.30. We'll talk some NHL drafts, some Islanders news, some free agency, everything that's going on with the National Hockey League. So you get us for an extra 15 minutes Yay! bantering about whatever the heck we hey, want. we can pick it right back up where we were, buddy. And as we were saying, with all this, this cap space the Islanders now have, it, it certainly puts them in a fascinating position. We didn't even get to the part. We should probably address the NHL expansion draft, which took place on Wednesday next, buddy, yeah. because it was, uh, <laughs> I would say it was exciting, but everyone knew what was going to happen by about three o'clock in the afternoon, which I'm sure the ESPN didn't love. And I'm sure the, no, the didn't NHL, love, no, and, uh, I loved it. Uh, yeah, it was great for us. We all, <laughs> we all knew what was going to happen at yeah, that yeah. point. Um, but you had the NHL expansion draft. Jordan Everly, obviously now the selection and the property of the Seattle Kraken. He was there on site for the draft, rocking the new Kr- Kraken away jersey. Both jerseys look phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, they look good. Um, great job out there with that. Yeah. Um, the logo looks great. That's going to be a really fun franchise, but certainly a very interesting franchise because it, it certainly seems like it was the – it's going to be the opposite situation that, that Vegas was. It they was went a different route. Much, much different. It was a much, much different feel. The whole the whole thing kind of had us a different aura around it. And, and Seattle's a great sports town. It'll be able to kind of handle the development of that team as it, as it seems like it's going to go much more of a traditional expansion route than, per se, the Vegas Golden Knight route, which was um, to kind of fleece every NHL team and make it to the cup final right. in its opening year. Right. But from an Islanders perspective, you had Jordan Eberle go. That's another $5.5 million off the books, and it certainly was the the answer to the very puzzling question of Jordan Eberle and Josh Bailey being exposed yeah. in the in the um, by the Islanders by Lou Lamorello, um, and and certainly an interesting situation, a, a conclusion that I think everyone was somewhat happy with, although. You know, you still have the Josh Bailey haters out there and, and who were not shy about <laughs> pointing out how um, the Islanders lost the better player in Jordan Eberle. And I, I think it was kind of a crapshoot when you when you looked at lo- losing one or the other. I think the value of Josh Bailey is a little bit more just because of Either the... Either one, it's a big hole. Yeah, yeah. But, but because of the leadership role he plays, because of the value he has uh, and in the locker room and off the ice to some of these sort of intangible things that people talk about that we don't see as media sometimes and fans don't see... 
um, from their perspective, that might be a bigger hole to fill. But Jordan Everly is also a big hole, and it certainly leaves the Islanders with a, a spot in their top six now to fill and another position player to kind of have to replace, whether right. that's through free agency or whether that's through in, internal means in, in moving up by, uh, let's say, an Oliver Wallstrom, for instance. I know we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Or bringing back Kyle Palmieri. I know we've talked about that. So certainly the Islanders find themselves in an interesting hole. It's very interesting for, for multiple reasons, Christian, because I think it kind of revealed that, and, and look, money could have could have essentially be what it came down to, but it tells me that Lou Lamarillo was ready to move on from Jordan Everly because he didn't have to. He didn't have to. I mean, they could have set up their, their protected list in such a way where, you know, they could have potentially protected Everly or Bailey. And maybe they didn't have to protect Clutterbuck or Martin unless they just knew well, that, was the that Seattle was going to take them yeah. and, and or Lou didn't want to have to give up anything to protect anybody because he didn't. But, that didn't. but no team did. If you look at how the whole right. thing no, paid out, crazy. nobody did. How so it in went fairness, from, yeah. How it went from Vegas to just taking everybody's picks <laughs> last, last time right. to Seattle getting nothing is just wild. Um but but now you have this situation where I imagine Lou could have did, did some kind of juggling where if he wanted to hang on to Jordan Everly and play it safe and bring back more of the current roster, he could have. You know, whether he had to make a deal to protect one of Matt Martin or Cal Clutterbuck or Jordan Everly himself, it could, right. have, it could have been done. At the end of the day, he said, I don't want to do that. He said, I'm, I'm okay with letting Everly go. And that means he's got plans for somebody else to fill that role, whether it's somebody more familiar like Kyle Palmieri or maybe somebody outside the organization, which we'll talk about later. But I, I kind of thought coming into this expansion draft, it was always going to be Letty or Eberly. Now, yeah. and with one of those guys remaining on the team. Right. And now they're both gone. I thought I thought they were going to figure out a way to keep at least one of them. Well, I I, think, and I thought it was just going to be Letty. I think the I, I think the perception changed. At least in my mind, the perception changed once that Letty deal was done on Friday. It all but signaled that Everly was the, the guy that the Islanders wanted to take, or wanted Seattle to take. Because hmm. who else would you expose, and who else would you expect Seattle to take? They're not. You look at the exposed players list that they had there. You. Everly was the most enticing. Maybe Kiefer Bellos would have been enticing, but I don't think he would have been available. Um, Maybe Otto Koivula. Otto Koivula is an interesting choice, but again, he's you know I, I would have if you're an expansion team, Everly is the is the more enticing choice. If you look at who else is available, I'm, I'm just trying to go through it in my mind yeah. as, I'm, as I'm talking about I, this. It, I, it's tough to say who else other than Bailey and Everly, considering well, the, the well, leadership roles to, and the importance, importance they play. I guess you have to throw Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck in there. I mean, were they protected just for sending a message to Casey Zizekas, hey, I'm keeping your guys? Or well, What that said to me is that there's a, there's something in the works with Zizekas. You, you don't do that unless you're confident. At least oh, he's in my coming mind, back. You're confident that he's coming he's back. He's coming back. Um, because yeah. those two guys, as great as Matt Martin, and Cal Clutterbuck are, I don't think the effectiveness of that fourth line is as much or as potent as it is when or, or when you have all three together. And when you don't, I just don't think it's, it's the same effectiveness. It's not the same energy. It's not the same identity that that line has developed over the course of several years mm-hmm. together as, as a unit. So I, that, to me, that also signaled the, that the confidence in the Lamorello that uh, that Casey Zizekas is coming back in some form or mm-hmm. another because you don't protect either or without knowing that in advance or having right. some inclination. Like, I don't I don't think they, they protected Cal Clutterbuck and Matt Martin to have Travis Zajac center him going into right. this year. <laughs> or somebody <laughs> just, like it's that. It's not gonna play it's just not or the even same out of Quavo, yeah, yeah, whomever, right? So I think I think we can kind of surmise that 
that Casey Sezikis is likely to come back. We'll find out for how much and right. for how long. We're going to talk about that more later, too. But, yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, I, I, I did think that one of Letty or Eberle might have stuck around. They're both gone. It frees up a lot of money. And, you know, we can talk about later on, like, just how we think this roster is going to shape up, you know, as far as who are going to fill these spots and whatnot. But it's uh, – I'm a little sad to see Eberle go. I, I liked him as an Islander. I thought he – I thought he was a very good player. I don't know if he ever lived up to the numbers that people were expecting him to. No. Um, you know, maybe everybody thought he was going to be at least a 50, 60-point player. He really wasn't that for the Islanders, although or he did score. a 20-plus goal score, and he wasn't that for the Islanders right. either. Right, and, and you can talk about the system that they play, and everybody's expected their numbers to go down and stuff like that, playing under a Barry Trot system. But I think at the end of the day, a little more was expected from a number standpoint. But he also... Scored a lot of big goals for this team. He scored a lot of big playoff goals. Obviously, everybody will, will probably think about that first-round series against the Penguins when they swept them uh, in the past. But 2018. Right. So no, he, 20, Yeah, 2018. So I don't... Uh, within the last couple. Yeah, Barry Trotz's first yeah, season. 18-19. So, look, he, he, he was definitely a, a productive player for this team. Maybe not as productive as you would have liked, but... You know, I would have been fine with him coming back. He he had some chemistry with Barzal and Lee. A hundred percent. Yeah. So it's it's you're sad to see him go, and it seemed like he was he was well liked and well respected. I know Barzell was pretty close to him. He was sad to see him go. He put out a little social media yes, post that he was that. upset about him leaving. And unfortunately, this is just the nature of the business. But there are options out there, and and Jordan Eberle is probably going to be like the most valuable player on that cracking team right now. You look at the roster they have. And He's definitely in the him most. Him and Giordano are the pretty most much the guys, guy right? on that roster so far. And this, right. you know, whatever else, whatever else is in the works. I mean, Seattle's going to be a desired destination as well because for a lot of guys, that I mean, how many times do you get to start and, and kind of mold an entirely new franchise? So that's right. a unique opportunity too. I'm sure mm -hmm. there are several free agents that'll be very intrigued by that option as well. Could Casey Zekas be one of them? That's that's always a possibility, too. He is a UFA come noon on Wednesday. So if the Islanders don't get a deal, there's not some deal shoved in the drawer until like the Matt Islanders. Martin. Right, yeah. like, like with Matt Martin. Mm -hmm. Could the Seattle Kraken, could they be intrigued by the idea of bringing in a Casey Zekas as well? I think they would be. I think they would be. I think we're, we're kind of seeing the, the Kraken are going for defense first, uh, leadership and I think guys like Sezikis or if Martin or Clutterbuck were exposed, maybe, maybe you know, those are guys they would have picked yeah. up because of, the, because of more of the intangibles that they bring. Because, look, I think Seattle, especially with the way they, they went about it, they, they, it doesn't seem like they have expectations to really, you know, do what Vegas did. Right. You know, going to the Stanley Cup final, shocking the right world. At least right now. Right. We don't, we don't know what the, what the So maybe, maybe they're approaching it a little bit more slowly, and, and, I mean, that's fine. More power to them. Yeah. But – you know, they're still, you know, don't have a lot of salary. They have a lot of young guys. They have a lot of potential to, to grow a, a formidable team over the next few years. But sure. it definitely looks like they're going in a different direction. But Jordan Emily is going to be one of the leaders on that team. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So and he's in, it's an interesting spot for him. I think all those guys are, are excited to be part of an expansion franchise and, and kind of go through you know, molding that franchise and what it, into what it could be down the line. So it'll, it's it's a great opportunity for him. And for the Islanders, it puts them in a spot where they have to fill that void again. We were talking before. Do you put an Oliver Wallstrom? Do you put a Kyle Palmieri up there? Do you leave Wallstrom down the third line? You, mm. And you have to fill that spot um, with some, some external pieces as well. And that becomes the question of, 
now that the Islanders have all this cap space, somewhere roughly around $17 million right now. 17 currently when Johnny Boychuk goes back on LTIR, that'll bump up to around 23. Right, they can exceed the cap by $6 million of, oh, you or use $6 million of Johnny, what would have been Johnny Boychuk's $6 million cap hit there. Right. Um, right. And so it frees up some more money, but the Islanders also have a very expensive, um, you know, price tags on, on Adam Pellick, who is going to be deserving of a big raise, and it seems certainly now like, the indications from what we're seeing reported is that it's going to be a much a long-term kind of contract that the Islanders are going to lock him into. So mm-hmm. how much per becomes a big issue and, and, right. and how long of that deal is going to be becomes a certainly a very interesting thing to watch. And then obviously Anthony Beauvillier, who's in in this weird boat where he's such a talented player, right. but he's like, like, like a Bailey, like an Everly very inconsistent at times. Mm-hmm. He can be mm-hmm. one of the best players out there or he can be invisible. Right. And then of course you have the XD, contract for Ilya Sorokin that needs to be dealt with where he'll see uh, somewhat of a bump there mm-hmm. on a new deal. And then, of course, the, it, it it really starts with the RFAs, and that's the message that Lou Lamarell has been sending out there this entire time. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. Everybody's talking about how much cap space they have now, but the truth is, I mean, unless a surprise comes our way, once this offseason is complete and Lou's plan is put into place, they're going to be right back up against <laughs> that cap. Now, maybe, or at least you hope, they don't have the type of contracts that you know, we're, we're straddling them, or, right. you know, saddling them, I should say, like the lad contract. You might look at Letty's contract as a bit of a problem. Even Everly's, you know, maybe that one starts to look a little weak, you know, once it gets into the latter years of the contract. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if you're going to look at their, you know, you go to Cap Friendly and you look to see what's, what's kind of left there. The only contract to me that looks like it could end up being you know, becoming a problem down the road is Anders Lee's contract. It's because it's got a lot of years yep. left. We know what type of game that he plays, and you wonder, you know, how his body's going to hold up once it gets to those later years. Now, obviously, we don't have to worry about that now. Everybody's excited about him coming back, but they literally went from cap hell to what I would call cap purgatory <laughs> right now. <laughs> Whereas they they definitely unloaded a lot of money, right. but they're going to fill a lot of it up. And the question is how well they fill it up. What are those numbers with Pellet going to look like? What are those numbers with with Bavillier and yep. Sorokin, and yep. I guess whoever else they bring in? To, to fill those roles. So it'll well, be Parisi, very interesting. who I think everyone expects to be here at this point. It seems like they're already stitching the name on the it back. It seems of the like jersey, it's all yeah. but all but set in stone right. to happen. Ryan Sutter, who seemed like it could be a possibility, although now it seems like Dallas might be the spot he's he's eyeing mm-hmm. for himself. Mm-hmm. Um then you have other opportunities other opportunities for other defensemen that are gonna be uh, free agents. It's gonna be a very small number of free agents that could fill that gap on the defensive side. The Alex Martinez, I think, mm-hmm. is probably the most mm-hmm. appealing name out there for the Islanders that would fill the Nick Letty role the best, but Ryan and Sutter would too. So it'll, it, if they can kind of talk him into coming along with Zach Parisi, if that's an option, even on the table. So we'll right. see. We will pick it up because once again, we're going to try to bring Greg Wyshynski on from ESPN. We want to thank you once again for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. We'll be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another 
another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. The only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers, of course, streaming live on Twitch every week at twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. Of course, it's our favorite segment of the show. On the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And on the line is a man who uh, needs no introduction. It's the great Greg Wyshynski from ESPN. And Greg, last time I saw you, you were walking out of the press box at the Amelie Arena. And now it's probably been an equally as busy week as that series between the Islanders and Tampa Bay Lightning. How are you, my friend? Doing good. Yeah, it was a uh, hectic few days. I think, uh, you know, we, we, were, we often get promised trades of the draft. <laughs> They, they hardly ever happen, and then they all happened this year, which was kind of uh, fun. But, yeah, you want, you, wanna, you want things to write about uh, beyond, you know, the second-line left wing from the Sarnia staying and where he's going in the draft. Uh, so it was a good weekend for writing and a good re- weekend for uh, people clicking and, write, and, and reading stuff. Right on, Greg. And uh, just, to, just to talk about, you know, ESPN getting the NHL back, it must be very exciting for you, obviously, being with them for a little while now. And, uh, you know, all the programming coming back, they covered the expansion draft and they're going to be doing a lot of coverage starting this year. Just, uh, what does that mean for you having hockey back in the, back in the ESPN ranks? Good things, man. (laughs) My, uh, I mean, I'll give you an example. I mean, my story on the first night of the draft, the winners and losers piece led ESPN.com for, you know, about 12 hours, uh, through the overnight. And, uh, I'll tell you that that wasn't probably happening in the first, uh, four years I was at that place. (laughs) So, I mean, much better promotion for, for the stuff that we do. And obviously, uh, just a, a bounty of opportunity for us to do really creative things now that we've got the rights and, uh, and we have these new relationships. But on top of that, I mean, it's just really cool to be at a place where I have worked with some of my favorite people and now get to work with, you know, Ray Ferraro and, and other people that we've bought on too. So 
the coverage is going to be great, man. Like <laughs> when ESPN gets its hands on something and they don't do it, you know, halfway. So it's going to be a really exciting time, I think, for hockey. Certainly off to an exciting start, Greg. And like you said, the, the trades at the NHL draft were coming fast and furious. But I want to go back to the expansion draft. And obviously, um, you know, we kind of had an idea of what was going to happen before the broadcast. But certainly an interesting team that's developing out there in Seattle. And I'm curious your take on where you think the direction of the Seattle Kraken team is going for its inaugural season, considering the picks that they made and the players that were on the table and didn't go there. Yeah, so I've talked to some people behind the scenes about this, and and, and there's sort of two minds in the hockey community right now. The first is that this was always the plan, uh, that they were going to go in a different direction than the Vegas Golden Knights. They were going to try to draft as many players that they could that were low-cost nothing against the cap, keep their cap open, take a more long-range approach, uh, because next year's draft, if you're an expansion team, is loaded. And, uh, and if you get one of the first you know, four picks in that draft, you're going to end up with what many believe could be a franchise player. So it behooves them not to be good in year one. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, so, so the thought is that maybe they kind of punted on the draft with that in mind. Now, it remains to be seen if that's the case. They are going to be active and unrestricted free agency. But the other thought is that this approach that they took of, of trying to keep as much cap space as they had open um, was a result of them finding out, as, as Ron Francis has said, that their teams got real smart <laughs> and that the <laughs> opportunity to leverage teams like Vegas did just wasn't there this time. I mean, the, the best example, I think, is Minnesota, where... You know, in the past, I mean, you think about Minnesota in the Vegas draft, they're like, here, we're going to give you Alex Tuck to kind of lay off the guys we don't want you to draft. This time, like, Bill Guerin was just like a nihilist. He's like, you take take who you want. I don't care. I ain't giving you nothing. Take our, take our young goalie, take our defenseman. I don't, whatever you want to do is fine by me. And so if that was the approach by a lot of these teams, and it seems like it, maybe their hand was forced to kind of go in a different direction than Vegas went uh, in their draft. Now, was there a, a, a biggest surprise to you in the expansion draft of a player that they that Seattle had taken at that point? Um, but when all was said and done, I don't know if it's anybody that they took. I mean, I mean, obviously there was a ton of surprises because, again, like let's not pretend that any of us knew who that guy from Philly was. Like no one <laughs> right. knew who that guy was from Philly. Was. <laughs> He's that guy. That's all you need. Yeah, to know. I mean, I, 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 I think I'm still waiting for that to be like a, 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 a Taro Sujimoto situation. H. Dot player. Like, yeah, invented somebody. Um, but to go to the Flyers point, though, I was a little surprised that James Van Reem, that Reems like didn't end up on the Kraken. One, because he's a good player to have on your team, good personality, good in the room. Two, that's the kind of contract where if you take it on, he's got two years left, it's seven. You take it on, uh, you flip it at the trade deadline, eating up some of the contract. All of a sudden, it's James Van, James Van Riemsdyk available at, say, like five against the cap. That's the kind of deal that you make to get draft picks and, and draft capital and, and prospects and stuff. So I was a little surprised there wasn't like him and more players like him uh, taken by the Kraken because, again, that was, the, <laughs> that was the plan of attack for Vegas was uh, get as many picks and prospects as you can with the players that you took in that draft 
Uh, and then that enabled them eventually to go and make, you know, trades for Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty and others. For sure, Greg. And just to, to swing things a little little more to focus on the Islanders here, what do you make of all the moves that Lou Lamarillo made so far this offseason? Unloading that cap, everybody talked about, you know, what, what sort of cap hell they've been in leading into this offseason. The fact that they were able to unload Andrew Ladd, not give up a first rounder. You see Nick Letty going to Detroit. You see Eberle going to Seattle in the expansion draft. Uh, what do you make of the job Lou's done and, and how how he can, uh, I guess, keep his plan going forward here to, to fill in those empty spots now. Well, I guess it really depends on how much you value that checking line, right? Like, cause I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I, I tend I tend to value Jordan Eberle's uh, offensive contributions more than I do the checking line. But Fair. you know, it's you, you can't. It, it's an outsider perspective, right? Like that's the heartbeat of the team in some ways. And if you want to protect those guys and and they're that important, then protect them, right? You know, you know better than us, Lou. Uh, <laughs> but you know, Everly is an offensive weapon that they're going to miss. Um, clearly there's some cap space play happening here where they're going to be in on guys if they go to market. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. It seems like every team <laughs> is, is announcing themselves as a Gabriel Landis cog type team. Uh, and I think the Islanders are certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting what approach they take. They clearly have uh, some additions to make and, and, uh, the best thing about Lou is that we have no idea what they are because that guy runs a pretty tight ship. <laughs> that he does, and and certainly it turns the focus, obviously, with now the draft out of the way, the NHL expansion draft out of the way, and we're talking with Greg Wyshynski on the line, brought to you by our friends at Tide Technology. And, and Greg, it certainly brings into focus now free agency, which is just days away now, and then the two biggest names going into this offseason now with is Vladimir Tarasenko and, and Gabriel Landeskog, who will be a free agent if he cannot come to an agreement with the Colorado Avalanche. When it comes to those two big pieces, obviously in a little bit of different circumstances there, is there one or the other that it'll be the first domino, so to speak, that kind of triggers a lot of different movement from these teams? Because it seems like everyone, like you're saying, everyone seems to be in on Landeskog. Everyone seems to be intrigued by Tarasenko, but nothing seems to have happened yet. Yeah, so they're two very different situations, obviously. You know, the, the, the uh, Landis Cog one, um, I, it's coming down to the wire. And I think the play here from the Colorado Avalanche is we're going to prey on this guy's loyalty and we're going to hope that he gives us a, a, agrees to a contract that keeps him here. We like him. We certainly don't want to lose him, but we have a number in mind. And if he's willing to come here for that number, great. If not, then we're going to have to think of another solution because, you know, there's a lot of loyalty here, right? And, and they know it. And, and so does Landis Cog. He is playing for the team that drafted him. He's the captain of this team. Uh, his family is in, in that community. He's been a major part of that community, like, like roots down, you know, like charitable stuff for that guy. Uh, he is one of those guys that absolutely wants to see this thing through and lift the Stanley Cup as the captain of the Colorado Avalanche. Like, that's the dream. And so they know it, <laughs> you know, so like they're, they're, they're squeezing this pressure point right to the end. Um, and, and it's going to be fascinating to see if he goes and tries and finds the money elsewhere. And by the way, the Kraken are very much still in that mix, hmm. even though they, they didn't select him or he takes a discount and, uh, and tries to see this thing through in, in Colorado where obviously he's got roots. Now the Tarasenko one is fascinating because first of all, <laughs> Doug Armstrong making noise about <clears throat> him potentially still being a blue next year <laughs> is, uh, is a very, very interesting development, to say the least. I think that speaks volumes about what he's not gotten on the marketplace for Tarasenko. But, and I was talking to a couple of agents behind the scenes, and there's apparently like not only questions about his health, 
Um, and there should be after three shoulder surgeries sure. and him looking yeah. like a, a shell of himself. But there's also an attitudinal thing. The, the word is out that he was not very good in the room with the Blues. Now, this could be sim- symptomatic of him being overall unhappy being with the team. But I think there's an aspect of that right now that's getting out into the hockey ether that may have teams a little gun shy about trying to acquire him on top of the injury considerations. For sure, Greg. And, and just to, to cut, you talk about loyalty before, and you look at a very interesting situation in Minnesota with, with Zach Parise and Ryan Suter getting bought out over there. They both sign their contracts together, those long-term deals. They get bought out together. It seems like it's all but a foregone conclusion here that Parise seemingly is going to sign with the New York Islanders. Now, do you think Ryan Suter might stay loyal to his pal <laughs> Parise and, and follow him over there uh, to, to fill that hole let, uh, left by Nick Letty? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I have a certain uh, belief in the hockey gods, right? And I feel like <laughs> it, it's either it didn't work the first time so you don't repeat it or we're going to make it work the second time. <laughs> right. I don't know. But I, I think Suter, from everything I've heard, like he, he obviously has a ton of teams that are interested. Right. The Bruins being one of them. Um, I know Dallas is interested. I've always thought that this ends up with him in Colorado in some way, shape or form. Hmm. Um, but uh, but that remains to be seen because, you know, part of it is trying to figure out what contracts these guys are looking for. I mean, in Parise's case, it could very much be, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take whatever for however long and I want to play for Lou, right. or I'm going to take whatever for however long because I want to play for Pete DeBoer in Vegas. But in Suter's case, the word is out that he's looking for something that has a little bit of term on it. So mm. that changes the math. I mean, <laughs> Suter, Suter on a one-year, $1 million cup chase and deal for somebody, I mean, everybody's in on that, right? Um, but if he's looking for a little bit of term and a little bit of money, uh, because he still is a very viable player. I like Suter a lot. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to see how many people queue up for that. Um, you there, Greg? Yeah, it's right here, yeah. Oh, I lost you there for a second. <laughs> Keep going, sorry. Oh, no, no. I was just, just, just going to say that like, if, if he's looking for term, um, it's going to be interesting to see how many teams line up for him, considering the cap's flat this year, could be flat next year, um, because that kind of changes the math for Suter. Talking with Greg Wyshynski of ESPN here on the line, brought to you by our friends at Thai Technology. And Greg, I guess I would be remiss. We do have one listener who is obsessed with this kind of insane, <laughs> insane, oh, insane, yeah. <laughs> insane. I can't get insane, can't say insane enough. Idea that Alex Ovechkin, who is a pending UFA, if he doesn't get a deal worked out with the Washington Capitals this year, would come to the New York Islanders uh, and play again for Barry Trotz with the idea of going after one more Stanley Cup. And I wanted someone, we've been saying that's crazy. I mean, we've been saying it in a lot of different ways, but I wanted someone with a little more authority to come on this show and just tell them that this is a crazy idea and this would never happen because it seems like it's coming close to being uh, a deal with the Caps there between Ovechkin and him. Let, let's lay let's lay out the fact that Ovechkin's going to sign this week, and also the fact that <laughs> right. if he's not playing for the Washington Capitals, he's playing for Dynamo Moscow, right? Like that's the fact. Like he's either a cap or he's in the KHL. On top of that, and I say this as somebody who covered the Washington Capitals a, a, a good a good portion of the last decade. He is not going to play for Barry Trotz. <laughs> he is not. <laughs> okay. He is not leaving the New York Islanders and saying, of all of the coaches and all of the places in this National Hockey League, I got to play for Barry Trotz. That is not going to happen. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Well, thank you, Greg, for <laughs> answering that because I mean that uh, we, we've been trying to get this across to this one listener, and they they will not they will not get it through their skull. But Greg, in a more serious note, obviously with with a lot 
riding on the deals for the Islanders RFAs. Adam Pellick comes to mind, obviously. Um, Anthony Beauvillier. Um, those seem to be the first pieces that'll fall. In, in your mind, what is their value and their worth to the Islanders, and how much of an impact is that? Is their new contracts going to be on the Islanders' um, newfound kind of cap freedom that they have, right, at least well, for I this mean, offseason? That's, that's part of it, right? Like They know how valuable those guys are, and they know what they can they their their value is as rfas and um i'm not sure of the arbitration rights for those guys but i wanted to mention this because uh it's it's kind of interesting um if the players that go you might have noticed a bunch of guys that had arbitration rights got traded including Lusnevich, mm-hmm. um over the weekend and i was talking to an agent who told me that one of the reasons why <laughs> is that uh the system for arbitration is a couple years outdated for where we are right now. In other words, the comparable contracts for anybody in arbitration were signed before the pandemic. They were signed before the flat cap. The economics of this league have changed. The guys that get contracts now as UFAs, a lot of them are, are taking haircuts. You know, yeah. A lot of them are coming under market value. So the notion is these teams don't want to go to arbitration because the comps are out of whack with where the league is right now. So I found that to be very interesting. And, and, and the number of guys that have arbitration rights that were, that were moved um, in the last uh, you know, week, I think, kind of spoke to that. So, I, again, I, I, didn't ha- I get a chance to hop on Cap Friendly to see where the Islanders are with some of these guys. But if that's a consideration, it's something to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah, it's a very interesting nugget, Greg. And, and just talking about the current landscape of, of the salary cap and where we are with the league. And they're finally getting back to an 82-game season next year. It's going to normalize a bit. Is there any sort of outlook for when we might see the cap going back up? I mean, how long should we expect for this flat cap era to last? Well, it's going to go up incrementally. I mean, I, I don't think – I've talked to some some folks around the league uh, that think that it's going to be a really good revenue year for the NHL and that they're going to start to hit those targets – that they have to hit in order for the cap to start rising again. It's not going to be in a massive way. I mean, it might be just a couple million or something like that. But I do th- there, there is a perception that it could maybe even go up next season. Now, there, there remains to be seen. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, like, we got uh, Delta variants and everything <laughs> floating around in the air. <laughs> oh, boy. Who the heck knows about that? <laughs> so, like, we're, we'll have to see what happens. But there is a notion that uh, things could get sunnier uh, fairly quickly. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's... It's going to take a while, though, for, for everybody to start making the money that, uh, that they, they were making previous. That's for sure. Well, Greg, that is a very positive out- outlook. And as you know, in this world, you're not allowed to be positive. So we will not accept <laughs> any of that from you. But uh, we usually do end on the note here on Hockey Night in New York with asking our guests sort of a random question. For instance, uh, when we had Brian Compton from NHL.com on, he's a huge Kiss fan because he has terrible taste in music. Um, so we asked him <laughs> a Kiss song. Uh, when Molly Walker from the New York Post was on, she we asked her about her favorite food in the press box. Um, yes. So I figured for, for can I, your can I, can I can I kind of yeah I find it to be the weirdest thing ever that you, so not only is Compton a huge Kiss fan <laughs> but so is, so is Adrian Dater from Denver yes oh, I mean and you might know him for other reasons but the fact that two two guys that work in this on the same beat in this league are like the biggest Kiss fans I've ever met is the weirdest. Andrew Gross, too. He's a big Kiss fan, I think. Andrew Gross oh, is that? He's becoming a Kiss fan, which is disappointing. Mm, that is disappointing. That's got, that's got to be a men of a certain age. <laughs> right? I, I think, think so. That's got to be, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but for, for your question, I, I, I figured I'd ask, since you, you know, ESPN coming back to the NHL and sort of the nostalgia factor, what is your favorite moment from the um, you know, pre-lockout 
NHL ESPN coverage days. What is your favorite memory or moment that you can think back and you go, yeah, that, that was awesome. Oh yeah. It wasn't a moment. Um, you know, although like, you know, as a devil's fan, obviously there's a ton of moments <laughs> sure. that, uh, that were involved with ESPN and ABC. It was, it was NHL tonight. It was this show that existed that people may remember. It might not. It was a nightly show highlight show on ESPN two, yeah. uh, hence the tonight part. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where we first met John Bucciagrass. He would do the show with, uh, uh, Barry Melrose, he would do the show with Ray Ferraro. After a while, I think Bill Pito took over, or maybe he started it, one of the two. Um, but it, it was such a beautiful, weird little spot. I mean, it was it, it spoke a different language than a lot of the other shows on ESPN. Um, it was like no hockey highlight show that we had ever seen. I mean, you know, we were all starved for that kind of thing. You know, yeah. even the, night, the nightly news, you'd have to wait through all the highlights to get to the hockey sometimes. Right. So that show had such a... It, it, was, it was one this perfect little slice of hockey for us to check out and, and certainly spoke the language of the sport and understood the, the, the game and understood the personalities in the game. But two, I mean, it was ESPN two back in the day. It was very much like a Wayne's world vibe. Like, it was <laughs> yes, very like, yes. it was very much like, Hey kids, let's put on a show. And, and I thought NHL tonight really captured that. And, 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 and hopefully, you know, executing some, some shows, uh, for us, myself, like as we get this, the, the rights and everything, like that's very much my sort of guiding light is like to create stuff that feels very much different than what you'll see over the air, you know, where everybody's at their desk and they're all, you know, giving their sound bites and stuff. Like I, I love the freewheeling sort of rebel rebellious vibe from that show. And I, and I would do anything if we could kind of recapture that. Yeah, Greg, you actually hit a note with me there. Uh, I remember watching Bucci Cross in NHL Tonight all the time, and uh, I missed it when it was gone. But definitely excited that uh, ESPN's picking picking hockey back up, and I'm sure you must be thrilled. And I did want to sneak one more quick question in there with regards to ESPN and hockey getting back together here. Is there any remote possibility that Gary <laughs> Thorne might call a game or two <laughs> now that now that they're back together? <laughs> uh, it's first of all well above my pay grade. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Gary Thorne's deal is, but uh, but we're gonna have tremendous play-by-play people. I mean, I, I know Sean McDonough is gonna be our lead, which is really exciting to hear him on hockey. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, everybody's got nostalgia for Gary Thorne, yeah. but that's uh, I have no I- idea about any of that stuff. Greg, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN.com. Greg, uh, ESPN. Greg, we really appreciate your time. Uh, it was great to have you on the show. We look forward to having you on again in the future. And please pass along our, our, our well wishes to Emily Kaplan, who absolutely killed it on the first round coverage uh, on Friday. So please pass along our, our, our congrats on a well, job well done there. Will do. Thank you so much. All right, Thanks thank a you, lot, Greg. Greg. Take care. Greg Wyshynski from ESPN.com and ESPN on the line brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Always great to have Greg. Always a lot of fun to have him on the show. And and by the way, Gary Thorne was doing Mets games like two weeks ago. It was yeah, calling, I saw uh, that. calling the Metropolitan. They had that there. whole thing about that fellow. He called his home run like 17 years ago. And then he called another one just like last week or two weeks ago. Sure, I have no idea what I actually. I this is this is a rarity, folks. I have no idea the reference that you're making it's right now. True. I just know Gary Thorne called the Mets game. Well, who's two the big ago. the big home run hitter on the Mets? Alfonso, Pete Alonso, Alonso. There you go. <laughs> there Jesus you go. Lord. Yeah, apparently he he called a little league home run for him like 17 years ago, ah, okay. and then he ends up on the broadcast recently and he calls another right. home run. And somebody that makes, makes sense, pointed that out on social media, and I happened I'm to catch it. I'm shocked you were astute enough to. to I wasn't. I take just, your take I was your just fingers out of your ear to I hear another just, sport other than hockey. No, I was just scrolling. It's a nice change of pace, Sean. You're really starting to grow up. I'm media. proud of you. 
and yeah. and I just saw it. Nah. I wasn't really paying oh, attention. Okay, well. I don't care. But <laughs> but that's what happened, folks. Like, All you Mets fans out there, you know you know what happened. But anyway, great stuff from Greg. <laughs> yes, really great. Uh, and and uh, apologies to you live viewers out there on Twitch. Uh, I know we didn't have Greg's audio there in the beginning. I mean, this is what happens. We take two weeks off and we forget how to run the show. <laughs> yeah. So you're, I mean, you're just going to have to For the most part, if that's the worst mess up we have tonight, that's pretty good. Well, there's still some more show to go. So I, I you know. Can't I'm, really, I'm testing fate here. But if, if for you live viewers here, if you want to catch what you missed in the early going of that segment, it will be in the audio version of the show that we post after we're done tonight. So you can catch up there. So once again... Apologies. To MJ you. Beckman, by the way, saying it was a Michael Conforto home run, not Pete oh. Alonso. See, I, again, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to baseball. We all know. We I just picked a guy. You don't know what you're talking about when it comes to most things. Uh, it might be fair. It might be fair. Other than hockey. You're yeah. very knowledgeable in oh, hockey. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, that hurt to say. Wow. Look at that, Christian, man. Yeah, I can see the pain in your face even having to say that. Well, hopefully Greg's appearance set Mr. Uh, Mr. Usher straight. Maddie. Yeah, Maddie boy, if you're watching or please, listening. Please stop later. sending us those messages. <laughs> Ovechkin's not coming to the Islanders. <laughs> the video message from the car. It's not, it's I'm not in, happening. I find them entertaining. Oh, it's you great. Can keep, you but, can keep sending. But bro, it's not happening. It's not. It's not happening, man. No way. It's like like Greg very succinctly said, it's 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 capitals or bust here. Yes. Or Russia. Or Russia. You know? Capitals or Russia. And you know, I, I look, I love Ovechkin. I hope he stays in the league for the entertainment purposes, but as an Islander fan and, and the Metro division, if he goes to Russia, hey, <laughs> no big deal. Have some fun. Go back to the motherland. So Christian, why don't we why don't we pick it up from from where we left off? Why don't we just talk about now what are these guys gonna do to fill these roles? Or do you want to do the hero real quick? You wanna do the hero of the week? Uh, well, let's we'll do the hero last. Let's do, let's okay. answer the question: What are the Islanders going to do to fill those roles? Because okay. I, I think it's a it's a great question. I just don't think anyone has any idea what's going to happen. <laughs> because <laughs> as Greg pointed out, Lou is is Lou. You know, yes, he, he, it's a very tight knit, tight lipped organization. Movie. Yes, and um, I, I mean the idea, the presumption is Zach Parise is going to come. Right. Uh, at some but point. they're not replacing Nick Le- He's not replacing Nick Letty. No. So or what happens Jordan Eberle. If if it's Parisi, they re-sign Palmieri, um and probably if you're not going after a Tarasenko or or, or a Landeskog, you're probably having Palmieri move up to the first line, taking that Jordan Eberle spot, and then you're having Pajot, Parisi and Oliver Wallstrom on the third line. And that that kind of rounds out the 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 lineup for your your the you losing Eberly as far as the defensemen go, I think that's where it becomes very interesting because the Islanders internally, I don't I know we were asked in the chat about Aho, I don't think Aho is the guy. No, uh, I, I think if Aho if or ever I don't th- if, I think if Aho was the guy, he would have been up here two <laughs> three years ago at this just point. Hanging around, for um, a long time. I feel bad. Uh, Sebastian Aho could probably be a good player on another team, but yeah. because of the roster that the Islanders have and their petulance for petulance going is am i using that correctly sure go ahead am i yeah go ahead am i can someone just, correct me just keep going man i you just you just threw i just didn't think that word was gonna come out of your mouth but their their <laughs> desire to continue to put more veteran group players onto the ice over some of the younger players mm-hmm. you know kind of eliminates aho as well yeah. aho has been played great in bridgeport well, whether Ajo gets in there or not, he is not replacing the minutes or the points. No, that exactly. Puts up. That's the point. I mean, even in the sense that, you know, if, it, if even if you wanted to do it, <laughs> even if you wanted to do it, um, 
you don't know what you're getting with Aho. He hasn't played those kind of minutes at the NHL level, He's and that would never be. But I'm I'm saying for argument's yeah. sake, right, right, right. Here, here are the reasons why. Here are the succinct reasons why he's never played those minutes at the NHL level. You don't know if he's going to be able to slot in there well. And no, I don't think Samuel Bulldog <laughs> would replace Think Lady this season either. I still think he's a couple years away as well. A hundred percent. So. I think. Oh, sorry, I'm reading the chat. Uh, yeah, I, it's painful watching you read it. Yeah, you got, you got it, you got it. Go oh, on. I was waiting for you to finish being a jerk. Oh no, I was done. Oh, okay. For now, you have. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's not difficult to throw you off, man. It's not. Come on, man. Come on, dude. I'm trying to think. I don't know. I don't. You know said. What you said. What was I said? Aho's not going to replace right. Letty. Then you Bull said Balduke is not, not going to replace him. Letty. Okay. So then, where's the train going from here? Going off the rails already. Jeez, man. Going off Two the weeks already. off, and, and just you can't can't get it together. At least I'm not laughing. So there's that yet. <laughs> no, I think what I was where I was going was, and then you look at the rest of the Islanders' defensive depth. It's not. I mean, there, Tom, there. Thomas <laughs> Hickey there. hasn't played a full season in two years. Right. Um, he's not taking those minutes. It has to come externally. Look, if if Thomas Hickey or Sebastian Aho are getting into the lineup, it's because somebody got hurt, and they're going to fill in the bottom end of the of the of the defense. That's just that's just where it's at. We the island. I almost said we. The Islanders need a top four defenseman. Hey, if you are in the front office making Nick decisions, Letty. yeah, I, I allow you to say we. You are not, not making those no, decisions. No, that's why I corrected myself. Good on so, you. So, but look, let's let's just look at the the big picture here. And I and I started talking about a little bit on on Twitter about where I could potentially yes. see it going. Not necessarily where my heart's desire is. Didn't you tweet something ridiculous the other day? You mean like all the time? No, but specifically the other day. Probably it got picked up somewhere. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I don't know, dude. I put I put a lot of tweets out there. Which one are you talking about? Oh, oh, you know the yes. you know the one I'm talking about. Yes, yes. Future Arizona Coyotes defenseman Seth Jones. Yes, <laughs> has signed the con- eight year contract extension with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes, that that got some uh, got some. Wouldn't you say yeah? I'll take that likes. from the for the Islanders or something like that. You, I gotta look this up. You continue I don't know to what talk you're talking about. about now. But but anyway, so look. Obviously, we see the options that are out there. You got Landis Cog, you got Tarasenko, you have Martinez, you have Suter. I mean, and then there's some some more beyond that. If 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 Lou wants to dive into the whole you know trade situation, which he very well could, but there's at least a very safe route that they can go. And 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 Barry and and Lou have have kind of talked about how much they like their group, and they're upset that they had to get rid of the guys that they did. And I think there's some familiarity and comfort with the guys that they've had. They've they, they got Palmieri in at the trade deadline. They got to see what he could do from then on through the playoffs. Now, obviously, everybody knows that Palmieri got off to an extremely slow start when he first came over the deadline. But then once the playoffs came, everybody's like, oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yes, that's right. I forgot about I that one. Know if I don't know if they this. can see yeah. it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> and then it was Sean, taken seriously. Sean tweeted out, I was thinking about it for around seven minutes, and I think the Isles should sign Gabriel Landeskog. And and no offense to whoever runs Everyday Isles. They they run a fun account, and I've seen it before. But they took Sean's, they took Sean. I don't know if you can see it in the video, but they took yeah. Sean's tweet and made it like a real post and everything. Like this was some sort of... Yeah. Like, this was some sort of serious comment. Dude, I posted that at 2 a.m. from my bed. 
was just, it was a total goof. It was a total goof. I mean, thought about it for around seven minutes. What does that even mean? It was a total joke. <laughs> it was a complete joke. And then I see, I see it gets the legs and it does, and I just laugh my ass if I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it wasn't a serious tweet at all. But yeah, they should sign him. You know, why not? <laughs> I mean, after seven minutes of thinking about it, Sean's all in. Right. So I hope Lou takes much more time than that to make these kind of decisions, which uh, he does. Social media is a, a wonderful place. So, yeah, I forgot about that. So That's what I was referring yes, to. Yes, yes, yes. So, anyway, look, getting back to the whole familiarity thing, the safe thing, like, uh, would anybody be surprised if the Islanders just signed Palmieri, like Christian started talking about, right. either bumps him up to the first line next to Barzell and Lee, or maybe puts him, sticks him, keeps him with Pajot, but bumps Wallstrom up to the first line with Barzell and Lee. Maybe they're not ready for that yet, but that could be something that happens I, in transition over the season. It's an option. No, no, I, I would say I'd be all for it. I mean, at this yeah. point, Wallstrom has shown that he's a, he's a talented forward. He's the kind of guy that puts the puck on the net, mm -hmm. and he creates opportunities. And, and for you to have a guy like that, I understand the Islanders maybe want to spread that about, around a little bit because they want to make sure all four lines are going. But that's not a bad guy to have on the top line, even if he has to de kind of develop into that role over the course of the season. Right. But this, I'm just saying this is something I could see the Isles doing where, you know, look, it may not be the most exciting thing. It may not be what everybody wants. Everybody's talking about Tarasenko, Landis Cog, and, and even right. still with these red flags that, that Greg and has raised and, and other people on social media. It's, it's, it's an interesting thing to keep an eye on, especially given the fact that the Islanders value you know, fluidity throughout the, the locker room. And what I mean to say is, 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 you know, basically no bad eggs. And if Tarasenko is going to be a problem child, that's a guy that they would probably stay away from because they don't really have the patience for that sort of thing. Right. I mean, this is not an organization that, this is an organization that values character and, yeah. and the person as much as the play on the ice. We've talked about it so many times at length. And I want to point out to Andrew 13, just because we're saying Paul Mary as an option for the Islanders to play on the top line does not necessarily mean it's, a, it's an endorsement of what they're going to do right. or to say that's what's going to happen. Realistically, though, we've seen, and I think after three years under Larry, uh, Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz, I was about to combine the two, you kind of have an idea of what these guys value and who they value in terms of positions and, and where they think they slot right. into the lineup. And we've, right. we've seen it. You don't have to like Paul Mary playing on the top line, right. but they value, that could be something that they value. It, it would fit the mold of what the Islanders have done with that top line in the past. I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. Now, again, maybe it's not the most exciting, but with a healthy Anders Lee, you got him, Barzell, Paul Mary, first mm -hmm. line. You got same second line, like Bo, Nelson, and Bailey. Right. And then, like you said, Zach Parise probably on the left left side of the third line with Pajot and Wallstrom. And then, obviously, you got the best fourth line in hockey, the identity line sticking around there. Top to bottom, I don't think that's a worse team than they – a worse forward core than they had last season. And you can make an argument that – it could potentially be better. I mean, geez, look at all the Islander fans out there that might finally have their hands washed of Leo Komarov. <laughs> I mean, you would think that there'd be a little excitement over that to start. Right. But, but with a healthy Anders Lee, that's a deep forward squad. Again, like, yeah, it still doesn't have that flashy sniper, that flashy score that Islander fans have wanted for a long time. Right. In, in but I also Sanko don't know. If, but but that's a team that can win. And again, like yeah. you said, it's not necessarily an endorsement of that roster. But I personally, A, wouldn't be surprised if that happened, and B, <laughs> wouldn't be upset about it, you know? I mean, we're just putting out, we're, we're giving you the honest opinion of how we could see this going. We're, right. I, I just wanted to point that, yeah. point that out there. I also don't know, I, I mean, it's no secret, I'm not a big 
Tarasenko fan. I don't necessarily know if that's the route you want to go, considering the injury history. And now what Greg, what Greg adds to that is the idea that potentially he is a possible player that you have has some sort of locker room issues. That's just this is not the the case. This is a very tight knit group. You don't want to throw someone into the mix that might not that might not fit that mold. Landeskog is a little more intriguing. I don't know what it would take for him to I sign love, with the yeah, Islanders. Yeah. But it's a little bit more of an intriguing option. Plus, you get that that value. He's a he's a character guy because he's a captain. He understands how to be a leader in the locker room. And that's someone that would fit the Islanders mold. And you bring in someone who's a bit more of a scorer and kind of that flashy name. So, but again, it's going to be the price that comes with it, and that sure. could be the one that could be the part that really turns off the Islanders or or even other teams. And that, look, if, if they don't have a lot of space, if the Islanders bring in a guy like Tarasenko or Landis Cogger or maybe somebody a little more high fro- profile than Kyle Palmieri. They have to shed even more cap space. And, you know, it's easier said than done. Well, just deal Leo away. Just deal Hickey away. There's got to be somebody willing to take those contracts on. Or maybe even have a spot for somebody like that. But, yeah, you're you're absolutely going to have to unload somebody like that if you want a Tarasenko or Landis Cog. Now, it's certainly possible. We've we've seen that, you know, Lou can kind of wave his magic wand and make almost anybody disappear. <laughs> right. I mean, once, he, once you get rid of Andrew Ladd, anything is possible. But... That just means more work for Lou, and and look, I'm sure he's willing to put it in. If he, if he has, look, Lou already has a plan. Lou already has his eyes on somebody. Whether he gets them or not remains to be seen, but he already knows who he wants, who he's going after, whether it's Paul, whether he just wants to play it safe with Paul Mary, whether he wants to make a play at Tarasenko, whether he wants to see if he can get Landis Cog signed if he doesn't sign with Colorado before right. Wednesday. He's got a plan, and he's got a plan B, and he's got a plan C. Right. And... We're just going to have to wait and see what happens. There's no links, leaks, as, as, as we all know. Right. But, I mean, it's it's not as simple as just, oh, trade for Tarasenko. I mean, you know, you got, you're going to have to move salary somewhere else. Going back to what I said before, they're going to be right back up against that right. ceiling because they have to – they're going to bring somebody in from the outside to replace Letty. That right. has to happen, whether it's Martinez, whether it's whether it's Suter, or somebody else. And you're looking at – at least $4 million, you would think, to anybody who that person is. If, if they're going to be a 20-minute munching top four defenseman who can potentially run a power play, it's not going to be somebody on the cheap. You know? Unless, I agree unless with you, yeah. deal, deal with somebody who's young, still on a you know an RFA type of contract. Yeah, maybe he can do that. But again, we don't know who that is. <laughs> we don't know who that's going to be. So... Well, there's a lot of possibilities out there. There is. We're getting a lot of questions in the chat. Why don't Good. we do the... Hero of the week, and yeah. then we'll come back and address the questions because there are a ton going on. I love it. I love it. All right, folks. So we're gonna we're gonna press those buttons and do the hero of the week, ladies and gentlemen. When you hear this song, that means it is time for the hero of the week. Brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, and this week it is the Godfather that features Cappy Ham, Genoa salami, pepperoni, provolone, lettuce, and tomato. Oil and vinegar on a hero. Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow. That is Monday through next week where we'll announce a brand new half price price hero. hero. Stop in and mention Hockey Night in New York for half off The Godfather. So without any further ado, Christian Arnold, would you like to go first? I mean, we have to switch it up. Same hero. We do again. And we kind of threw a hint in there. As well, Miller if you're really if you're really paying attention. All right, so then then let's just do it. Let's press some buttons here. Hey, everybody knows that guy, and that guy too. Lou Amarillo, folks, is your Blue Line Deli half price hero of the week. 
because the guy got rid of a lot of cap space, <laughs> which the Islanders needed to do. You get rid of, you get rid of. I don't want to say get rid of, but you you deal Eddie away. You get his five and a half million back, and they let Everly go in in the expansion draft, which you know doesn't take a lot of effort. You just leave his name available. But getting rid of Andrew Ladd and sending him oh, off boy. to the Arizona Coyotes was a master stroke in cap relief. Getting rid of Ladd, getting rid of his contract, and finding ways to. You know, opening the door to fill those holes back up and put out another competitive roster to try to uh, get back to the uh, the depths of the playoff run, if yes. you will. I agree. I mean, I don't. Know. I'm not going to add much more than that. I mean, <laughs> the fact that he managed to convince someone to take Andrew Ladd's contract, I think, makes him the automatic hero of the week, even if even if that wasn't the case. Yeah, and and you already have some Islander fans saying, "Hey, third year in a row, GM of the year." Yeah, I mean that alone. Uh, I mean, if that didn't do it, I don't know what would. Because that, I mean, that was something no one thought, minus T-Boyle 13 and you, apparently. Um, <laughs> well, before... was going to happen. Right. But before we, we go to the, to the audience question, speaking of Blue Line Deli and Bagels, we have a very special edition of Hockey Night New York coming up next week. Next Sunday, we will be broadcasting live from Blue Line Deli and Bagels in Huntington. We're going to do a live show. We're going to bring the camera down. We're going to do it here on Twitch. So we're going to be hanging out with Donnie. That will be at 1 p.m. And on top of that, we also have a special little giveaway that's going to be happening here. We want to just uh, kind of a little thanks to you guys, our viewers, our listeners, for hanging out with us after a, a really fun year covering this team. If you come to Blue Line Deli and Bagels between the hours of 1 and 3 while we're doing the show next week, you will automatically be entered in to a raffle for an Islander jersey. We're going to give away an Islander's jersey. You come in, we will take your information, and we will give you a raffle ticket, and then we will announce that pick probably a week from then. But we will be announcing a winner after that show. So come on down. I mean, look, the food, the people, everything's fantastic over there. You have every reason to go already. So if you're local, come down. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, 1 o'clock. Hang out with us. We'll have a laugh. We'll do the show. It'll be good times. And uh, eat well and uh, listen well. And uh, you might just win an eye on the jersey. I mean, it's that? worth going to try the tater trots that uh, Blue yes, Line has broken Yes, the brand new tr <laughs> tater trots. Tough to say. Tater trots. Almost yes. said trader tots, and that's not good. Tater trots. <laughs> trader tots? Tater trots. Right. No. Tater, tater trots. trots. You confuse me. They look delicious. They look great. I, I, and uh, the I, recipe was borrowed or, or stolen, I believe. Borrowed. <laughs> borrowed. By our friend offside. Donnie from uh, Offside Town. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Although Donnie so. would not deliver us fresh tater trots for the show tonight, so I am a little mad. Oh, sorry, buddy. Did you really think that dream was going to come true? I expected it to. <laughs> sorry, man. I expected it Maybe to. next time. But look, man, you, you got your shot next week. Go to Blue Line and have some tater trots. Mm. There better be a fresh bowl of tater trots waiting on this the table right when Who does he think he is? Unbelievable. Talent, well, man. well, there you Talent. go, folks. Hero of the Week, Louis Lamarillo, the godfather. You like <laughs> you like that? Let's, let's say that one more time. Half price off, starting tomorrow through next week. And uh, the greens aren't even in front of me anymore, so now I'm ruining it here. Oh, Cappy Ham, which is actually uh, is actually a recipe from Jack Capuano. Genoa salami, <laughs> pepperoni, provolone, lettuce and tomato, oil and vinegar on a hero. Head on down to Blue Line Deli and Bagel. Mention Hockey Night New York and get it for half off. So, Christian, I think I caught you 
going through the chat. Yes. To try so to find I'm some I'm ready questions. to answer some questions. Someone asked a question specifically about my hat, so I would like to answer that because uh, sure. it's about me specifically. Uh, right, obviously. Let's do that one about first. me, uh, obviously. Yeah. Uh, someone asked, what is on my hat? It's the FAU Owls logo. It's Florida Atlantic University. How about that? Picked up for six bucks in Walmart. We didn't need that information, but great. Uh, why not? Cool. Why not? There you go. The Owls. Looks great. Looks yeah. weathered. Looks like you've had it for a while. Uh, no, I've only had it a couple months. And uh, oh, so but, so but I use it as a beach hat. So usually. the browning on the hat is no, part I of the use design. It as a oh, beach I, hat. oh, I see. So it's so. out in the sun a lot. Got it. Got it. All right, um, great. And honestly, give me a second here because that was the only one I focused in on. Because again, it was about me, so My I was God. very, very intrigued. Very disappointed. Oh, so Melarmini did ask us about Sebastian Aho if he makes the roster this season. And again, I think we've made that pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, we answered that one. Um, sure. We just don't think it is. Look, Sebastian Ajo has pl- played great down in the in the minors. He's had great American League seasons. The problem is he, he's gotten his shot up here in the NHL. What was it, 2017-18? He got about 12-something games up, up at the NHL level. Something um, like that, yeah. And it, it didn't, didn't necessarily result in him coming to the Islanders for, for a longer period of time. So as great as he's been playing, as as strong as he's been of an AHL player, it just hasn't translated to the opportunities in the NHL. And, and quite frankly, this year too, considering the the importance, it was um, 22 games in 2017-18, and they played three games in 2020-2021. Um, but again, those opportunities never resulted in him sticking in the lineup. So hard to see that changing anytime soon, especially with some of the uh, the importance, especially with this, this early... 13-game road trip the Islanders are going to be on to start the season while the UBS arena is finished at Belmont Arena. Um, well, someone did ask about us. I think it was Andremi. He's, he's asked us a couple times now about, um, I believe he's talking about Johnny Goudreau and if there's any availability uh, for him from the Calgary Flames. They're still trying to work out a contract, I believe. Um, but we really haven't had heard too many too much chatter about There's, Johnny Gaudreau. Apparently, he might be on the block. And you know, wh- look, we we've had da- Dave Penyot on the show a couple times here. Uh, does great work over at theFourthPeriod.com. Is that your final answer? Um, you went with this name like three different. That's Penyota, Penyota, Penyata. Yes. So <laughs> I was reading a recent column over there, and they were just kind of going over potential, you know, trade targets and stuff. And and Goudreau's name was listed, and they like to list teams that he might be linked to. The Islanders weren't one of them. Doesn't right. mean that that means the Islanders are not in the mix. But sure. I mean, look, he's he's still what I think he's like 26, 27 years old. He's twenty seven. Twenty seven right now. He comes mm-hmm. with a six point seven five million dollar cap hit for one year left on his contract with the Calgary Flames. He's got a modified uh, no move. No trade clause starting this year, um, so we'd, we'd have a five-team modified no trade list. Okay. Um, well, everybody wants to go to the island now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the Islanders are that may not be a roadblock. Yeah. But it's it is worth pointing out there. But no, I really haven't seen too much uh, from from that in that regard as far as chatter about him and the Islanders connecting the right, two. Right. 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 Now, does that mean it's out of the realm of possibility? Yeah, we've seen crazier things happen, but it's not high on my possibility. The list. tough thing with the Islanders going the trade route, though. Is they don't really have a lot of assets to give up. That's true too. They've they've and and you know I thought that if they were gonna go the Tarasenko route and and this wasn't my first or original I've seen it out there but you would have thought maybe Eberle would be involved in that deal you know because they get a winger coming back Tarasenko and probably Eberle um, Bo would probably have to be in that oh there would be pre, it would be Eberle plus but, uh, whatever but, that is but I think that's the asking price pre draft and expansion draft because now the word is out as much as as greg mm-hmm. rightfully pointed out as much as armstrong wants to try and pretend like tarasenko can come back to the blues he's not 
<laughs> that situation is beyond yeah. salvageable at this point. Right. There's no right. way, considering now what we've heard from Greg talk about the the pers- personality Bush- issues, Bushnevich. the Bushnevish yeah. addition, yeah. the fact that you've basically asked for a trade, mm-hmm. your distrust if you're Tarasenko in the Blues and their medical right. staff. There's right. just no way mm-hmm. that you could see him coming back and then him not having to be traded at some point. Right. During the course of the season. Right. You got to figure his days there are numbered. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But, but again, you know, sure, there's, there's, some, there's some interesting trade targets out there. But, you know, you might have to give up an Anthony Beauvillier. And, you know, maybe that's some something more, you really want to do, though. That, exactly. Because then that's another hole to fill. And that's my, that was my next question. You, go, you trade Anthony Beauvillier, and I get it. To bring in a Tarasenko on paper, that's a very, you know, that's a very appealing decision. But sure. you have, now have to fill that second line winger. Who, who fills Anthony Beauvillier's spot? Right. You just pointed out. Right. And, and how many Josh more? Josh Hosang? How many? Oh, Christian. And how many more draft picks can the Islanders really give up? I mean, what, they have next year's first? Are we going to go three years in a row without a first-round pick? <laughs> unlikely so it's it's tough they don't have a lot of things to deal with so you know in my opinion i think whoever fills these holes they're, they're more than likely going to be free agents but you know i'm happy to be wrong if, if that ends up being the case uh i want to an- answer these two questions kind of in perpetuity okay um is the hosang saga finally over miller media 22 asked and t boyle 13 think- followed up with do you see mdc getting qualified I think MDC will get qualified because I think they'll like to have him around as a, as an extra forward, you know, because as you said earlier in the show, injuries are going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played enough to really warrant much of a raise, so he might just accept this qualifying offer or something very close to it. So, yeah, sure. And, and, and if you need to move guys around, you know, his contract is variable or maybe he gets picked up on waivers. But, yeah, I, I think that they would. And, and as far as Josh Hosang goes, I think Mel Armenia asked that question specifically to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm wrong. But, yeah, that saga has been over for a while. Let's not, let's not beat that dead horse anymore. And I'm going to try my best not to get upset that we're talking about him right now. So that's, that's done. Uh, there, there's a question, too, I saw as well. I believe it was with regard to Palmieri. Uh, if he does resign, who's your first line winger? I mean, we kind of talked about that. Oh well, he specifically said Palmieri or, or Wallstrom, and I would think that if I have any idea of what Barry Trotz is prone to do, Palmieri would probably start up there. And if Wallstrom's killing it on the power play, or maybe he's putting up goals next to Pajot. I mean, it's answer. I mean, I would want Wallstrom up there. Well, look, he is eventually going to be a top six forward on this team. Whether that's playing next to Brock or playing next to Barzell, he's going to get more minutes. He's going to end up in the top six. Is it going to be game one in October this year? I don't think so. I think they'll probably start him next to Pajot. If, if, if we're assuming that that's how the, the lineup goes, right? If, if, if Paul Mary or Landis Cog fill that spot, whoever it is, right? <laughs> Then I think I think Wallstrom stays in the third line, and he looked good next to Pajot. So I'd be I think a, I think a Parise Pajot Wallstrom line could actually be excellent. And with the way Barry rolls four lines, it's not a terrible thing. Like I don't think I don't think people should get too hung up on the 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 line one, two, or three thing because you know you're gonna you're gonna get scoring from all three of those lines. You know whether it's each game or you know throughout the season one one line one line picks it up one line gets hot whatever but and and you have options too because if Paul Mary you know doesn't produce out of the gate next to Barzell then yeah Barry might say hey screw it let's let's throw Oliver up there and see what happens and and maybe it sticks you know so it's it's going to be it's going to be fluid it's something that he's going to have to see what happens in camp what he likes there 
And it might be a work in progress th- during the season if, if out of the gate, whoever ends up there in that first line isn't isn't producing uh, right away next to Barzell. The good thing is, is Anders Lee is going to be there. I think uh, I think that's a, a very <laughs> yeah. important part of that. But um, be- the, go ahead. No, continue, continue. No, I was going to move on to another question. Oh, so actually. was I. B Lars eighty nine asks: Is there any chance you see them bringing in Dougie Hamilton if they miss out on the big offensive players? Well, that would have to be a trade, right? He's still under contract. I believe Dougie Hamilton. that is correct. So that goes back to what I was saying before. Dougie Hamilton, great defenseman, top four defenseman. He would be an excellent fill-in for Nick Letty. But do the Islanders have the assets to pick him up? What are you giving up to get Dougie Hamilton? I don't know. What's left? What's left in the cupboard? Uh, it's just tough to say. It's tough to say. I, you know, are any of the recent draft picks attractive to you know to be dealt? Do they want to give them up because? The, the cupboard is well, no, so Dougie bare Hamilton right now. Will be a UFA this year. Oh, he will. He's a UFA oh, my apologies. All right, see, year. I wanted to make sure of that. I'm so, so checking. those last fifteen seconds were a waste because it took you so long to find out if he was a UFA. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spin this to blame you. That's fair. Right. So, Dougie Hamilton is a UFA. Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? But I guess there's some things coming out of it. Look, he, he's, he's been dealt a couple times. Apparently, he's, uh, he didn't. He didn't find a lot of chemistry with some of his teammates previously. That kind of came out. So, but look, Dougie Hamilton, if he gets to USFA, and if you can somehow fit his cap number in there, which I think would be very difficult. Look, if you want, if you want Landis Cog and Tarasenko, how are you going to fit those guys plus Dougie Hamilton in there? Because Dougie Hamilton's not signing a four-year deal, right? He's going to get more than that. I would imagine. Right. This is a contract so, he wants. I didn't, he sorry, wants. I didn't mean four year. I meant four million. Four yes, million dollar yes. deal. Yeah. Yeah, I st- I knew what you meant. I just okay. kind of pretended that. Oh, cool. I mean, not Thanks, pretended, man. but I just I knew what you meant. Got it. I knew what you meant. I Got was it. looking through um, the comments. I was looking at Ohio Johnny's comment. I thought the purpose of freeing cap space was to get a big fish, either Tarasenko or Landeskog. Why are we seemingly settling settling for this only? I think he's referring to when we were talking about Palmieri, Parisi. And just fit, slotting maybe Wallstrom or Palmieri up in the top line, and then trying to fill that hole in the defensive side. Uh, why are we seemingly settle, settling for only this? I would mind. Oh, I guess he meant I wouldn't mind Parisi signing, but they have to re, they have to sign Landis Gog or trade for Tarasenko. I disagree. I don't think the cap space was was uh, made available to go after a big fish. I literally think it was just to remain competitive. They literally had to unload. That money just so they could bring back some semblance of this team. That money had to go somewhere. Whether it's for a big fish, which could happen, sure. But I don't think that was, you know, the the be all end all. I don't, you know, I, what was necessary was that money had to be cleared just to bring back this team, right? Just to bring back a team, right? Because again, if if they don't find a way to get rid of Leo's contract or Hickey's contract, because even even if you send both of them to Bridgeport. Part of their contracts are still going up against the cap because I think this year it's a million one twenty five you can get in relief if you bury a guy's contract. And Leo's contract is at least three million a year without seeing it in front of me. And Hickey's contract is, I believe, like three two five as well. So basically, if you bury both of those guys in the minors, that's three million dollars. I think it's three two five. The last time I looked at it, of just dead cap money that is going towards those guys, even if they're not playing for the team. And if you want to add one of those big fish. You got to do something with that money, or you got to do something with panic because he's eating up a little bit of cap down now too. So it's those; these were just necessary moves for the Islanders to remain competitive, to have a shot to get back into the playoffs, to go deep into the playoffs. You know who they fill these these roles in. We're going to find out, but I don't. I definitely wouldn't say that it was specifically 
to pick up a Tarasenko or a Landeskog. It was just to free that space to have somebody there. Somebody. Yeah, I, I agree. Although, like I said before, and, and kind of, I think, oh, hi, Johnny. I'm going through the chat as this show is progressing. Yeah. So it's been, it's kind of playing catch up a little bit. The point is correctly made, though, too, that at this point, the Blues are kind of in the in the worst position on all of this. This is why you have Armstrong kind of seemingly putting out right. the word right. that he he could easily be like, all right, Tarasenko's going to come back. We're all like, dude, no one thinks Tarasenko's coming back, man. Like, you, you can try right. and right. pretend all you want, right. but it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. So any team now that would be interested in trading, that the, the ask for Tarasenko cannot be that high. And the Islanders potentially wouldn't have to give up, let's say, a Beauvillier at this point. Um, it still requires some some draft pick. Would you have to give up a first round for next year? I mean, how many times, like you said, how many times can you trade away your first round draft picks and, and right. before it really starts to hurt you? Right. I mean, this year they kind—I of, don't want to say they're lucky, but the addition of Atu Ratty, I think that's how you pronounce his name. We're gonna go with that. Um, <laughs> seemingly comes off as a huge deal for the Islanders because they got a guy that basically projected to go in the top ten, possibly a first overall pick in this year's draft. Yeah. Had such a, a a rough year right. in the in Liga in in, in Finland mm. that his draft stock plummeted and, and fell to the Islanders at fifty two. I mm. mean that just doesn't happen, and you can't kind of hope that happens all the time because the Islanders kind of caught a break there, and and seemingly again it's, it's summer hockey, but Raddy putting up four goals in the uh, in the sh- summer showcase for Finland the other night right after being that was drafted. a nice start. <laughs> certainly, <laughs> certainly is a good start to his Islander career. Yeah, for sure. Look, uh, you know, it's there's a lot of questions that still have to be answered, and looks like some of them are going to be answered soon. And and a question from MJ Beckman is the Goudreau deal the model for Zeker? Do you want to field that, or do you want me to take it? You're is looking at Goudreau, your phone. Oh, no, I was listening. Uh, is the Goudreau <laughs> deal a model for Zekas? Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think they're Great. different players. They're yeah. very different mm-hmm. players. They're, um, yeah. Well. When I say they're different players, I mean the role that they play with their respective teams mm. is a very different one. Cases Zeke, as Johnny Gaudreau comes in here, he's not. Let's uh, compare, you know, these two players in their roles. That they no, 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 not not Johnny Gaudreau. Maybe he meant um, the dude from Tampa, Blake oh, Gaudreau, oh, right? Or Blake, no, no uh, I'm mixing these guys up here. Not oh, Blake, oh, oh, uh, you're a good. Um, the guy who signed with with the New York Rangers. Yes, Gaudreau. Yes. Good row. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe my pronunciation threw it you off. It confused me. We were just talking Sorry, about Sorry. Yeah. Good row. Sorry, um, guys. I still think that's a different situation because of the of the value to the Rangers and to the Islanders. Casey Zekas has much more of a value and, and a specific role and, and a complementary role that plays to that line. Um, good row is <laughs> what? No, just the pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Good row. Again, it confused me, yeah. so I'm going to try and not confuse myself. But good sure. role. Um, well, I think they have a similar style per se. I don't think good row necessarily means the same to the Islanders, uh, to the Rangers as as Sezikis does to the Islanders. I think they're, I think they're very different situations because of the roles that they play and the value and impact that they have for their respective teams. Yeah, and I said it on Twitter when I was starting to see people make the comparisons is that the bottom line is whether Sezikis and his agent want to use Goodrow's contract as a model for for what he's looking to get back, it's it's going to come down to how much he wants to stay with the Islanders versus how much he wants to make more money. And I think ultimately if he stays with the Islanders, which I do now think is going to happen, he will be leaving some money on the table. Or, again... 
if Lou does play it safe and does just sign Palmieri and, and maybe, you know, a Martinez or a Suter, maybe he does throw a couple extra bucks towards Zizekas because he has the, the room now and he's not going big fish hunting. I mean, we'll see. But but I think I think if you – I said it on Twitter. If you sign him for much more than $3 million, I think you're getting into – I mean, how much – it's tough paying that much money for a fourth-line center. But the problem is he's a third He's a third liner. I agree. I've said it for a he's long time. He's a much more yep. talented player on mm-hmm. another team mm-hmm. in the third-line role most likely than he is with the Islanders in the fourth-line role. And, and let, let me kind of rephrase what I just said there. Um, and by much more talented, I mean he'd get a higher role – for that team, he'd be a much different role for, let's say, any team that's interested in him. Uh, Barclay Goodrow, for example, he's that bottom six kind of guy. He brings in a lot of playoff experience, championship experience coming from the Tampa Bay Lightning to a team, a Ranger team that is still um, trying to figure things out. Mm-hmm. Sezikis has a much more established role, uh, leadership position, and again, that, that fourth-line position that he plays, that fourth-line center role that he plays, isn't necessarily a knock on, on him with the Islanders because the Islanders, Barry Trotz will never tell you that that's the fourth line. Anytime you try and identify right. any of their lines, right, 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 it's right. automatically, I right. don't know what line you're talking about. Right, uh, right. You know, take it for what it is. Right. But, he, he, you know, it's always, I don't know what line you're talking about. So then you got to specify it's this, that, and that. So there is no, it, it's a much different a different situation. And there is no kind of um, set fourth line role that he's playing per se. But we all know how important he is to the, to the mix of that identity line. Right. It's the, the combination of Clutterbuck, Sezikis, and Martin that makes them all three the most valuable to the Islanders. And not only that, I believe Sezikis has some years in age on Goudreau as well. Where, and he, you know, Sezikis already got himself a nice long contract. What was it, 3.5 is what he's coming off of now, or 3.25, whatever the case may be. But Sezikis is like 30, 31 now. And I think Goodrow signed, what, six years with the Rangers at three and a half? He's 28, too. Okay. Goodrow. Okay. All right. So maybe, maybe 30, 31. So it's not, not that, not as big as a difference as I thought. But the point is, is that you take that into consideration, too. You know, 30. Okay. So a two year difference, not, not extreme. But, you know, giving giving a, a, a six-year contract to Casey Sezikis, and, and I know Arthur Staple threw that out there as a possibility. I think his numbers were like two and a half at six years. I mean, yeah, sure, I'll take two and a half at six years. Is, is, the, is this Goodrow contract going to change the, the um, I suppose, this perspective on that? Is it possible? Sure. But I think that, you know, Lou has a very specific number in mind that he may be able to waver on a little bit. And he's going to be like, Casey, look, if you want to stay here, if you want to stay with your pals, continue to play with Maddie and, and Cal and, and be part of this and go on another run, this is, this is how I can fit you in here. And, you know, Casey may just have to decide between that and a payday. I think that's ultimately what it's going to come down to. I think there's going to be a lot more wiggle room with Pellick. I don't think there has to be more wiggle room with Beauvillier, but I would think so as well. I think it's going to be much more of a take-it-or-leave-it situation with Casey Sezikis, where it's like, listen, we love what you bring to the team. You're a huge value to us, not only on the ice, but in the locker room. But you're you know, you're know, playing bottom, a bottom six. If you don't want to say fourth line, you're pay, playing a bottom That's six role, role yeah. for us. <laughs> and this is basically all we can kind of you know dole out for that role. So if you want money, God bless you. Go ahead. Go get paid because you'll get paid. Somebody will pick him up. And if not, stick around. Let's have some fun, <laughs> you know, but you're going to leave some money on the table, I think. Absolutely. By the way, oh, hi, Johnny. No need to apologize. The question was not 
Did not come off as aggressive. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think it came off as no, aggressive. No, we're good. And honestly, sometimes Text. sometimes yeah. we need to be slapped around a little bit. Sure. So it's fair. This group, this this chat that sticks with us every week, and we appreciate it every week through the season, and obviously yes. during the off season, uh, we've enjoyed it so much. We've gone an extra half hour yeah, than we usually we got, do. We got some new names in there. Um, it's good stuff. So we appreciate everyone hanging around, and especially when you kind of put us in our place, because sometimes Sean and I need that. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you know it, but Sean has a pretty big ego. And, not uh, you though, Christian. No, no, no. no I'm very no, humble. Yeah, I have no ego. Um, right. But if you do have specific questions for me, I always enjoy that because it's all about <laughs> me. Uh, Blars eighty nine saying you don't throw extra bucks at Zizekas just because that's how you end up in cap trouble. Right. And him pointing out as well that the line took a step back. Might be time to break them up. That was certainly a question that came up at certain points last season. But then again. I think when it counted most, that line was the one you wanted out on the, out on the ice and stepped up, especially uh, at points during the playoffs. So I still don't know if it's worth breaking up Sezikis, Martin, and Clutterbuck because I don't know if the alternative, as Bilar suggested, Zarnik or Koivula, um, I don't know if they they have the same effectiveness that that line does. Right. Look, I mean, I said it multiple times going into the season. I've repeated myself a little bit here. I thought this was Casey's last year. Or no, I at the very least thought this was the the final rendition of the of the identity line. I thought that this was going to be the end of it, and I thought that they weren't going to be able to fit Casey on. We found out that they valued him so much, and it looks like they're going to bring him back now, which is great. We'll see what happens next year because I think Cal Clutterbuck is in his final year next year, if, if uh, memory serves me correct. And maybe Matt Martin has two more years left in it because he signed a four-year extension. Like That was last summer, right? So here we have Matt Martin has another Matt Martin after the, after this upcoming season. He has another two years uh, in 2022 and 23 okay. and 23 to 24 in these UFI after that. And Mr. Mm. Cal Clutterbuck... Well, I have the uh, this coming year. I cap think friendly is his, is his last year at a on a three point five million dollar uh, cap hit for the Islanders. Yeah, so you know this would be this is it. I mean, it's it's definitely coming down to it. I don't I don't disagree with Bilars in the in the in the sentiment that it, it's certainly coming to its end. There's only so long that this line can find its effectiveness. Maybe this maybe last year was the year it should it should be done and the Islanders should move forward. But while you still have an opportunity and they're right there on the cusp. Give it another chance when you know you have these guys under contract for another year. When you right. have um, Clutterbuck under contract for another year. When you have Martin under contract for another two years. Yeah. I, understandably, so to your point, to, to some of the other people's point, mm-hmm. when you have Sezikis signing what would likely be... What, are we, what do you... Realistically, what do you think the term is on, the, on his new contract? On Casey's contract? Yeah. I think Arthur's right in the sense that if, if you're going to have to ask Casey Sezikis... To, to, take less. to settle for less money. You're going to have to give him more term. Yep. And that is where the questions and the problem arise. Because then you have him playing out most likely past the contracts of Martin and, and Clutterbuck. And at, at that point, when they're when you're going to look at those guys to possibly right. resign them, then it becomes the, the, to the question of, are they still effective at this age? How much more can their body take? And how much more can they, they, they do... And what are they asking for? Well, I had a conversation with with my buddy back when Matt Martin signed his deal, mm-hmm. and he was like, four years. What four years? What you, I mean, great that he's coming back, but what's he going to be in years three and four? And I said, dude, I said, you don't really got to worry about that because I mean, what did what did what did Martin sign for? I think it was like a mil and a half or something like that. It wasn't that much. The bottom line is, if Matt Martin turns out to no longer be a serviceable player, we'll say. $1.5. There you go. The cap is 1.5. There you go. So if in year three or four and or 
of, of that deal, he starts to tail off a little bit. If you absolutely have to, if you put him down in Bridgeport, his that's basically taking that contract off the books. It's coming off the cap anyway, and it's not really a factor. So Casey Zizekas, if you sign him for a five, six-year deal, yeah, he. I mean, look, you look at the type of game he plays. You look in the recent seasons, he's had trouble staying healthy. Mm-hmm. Last year was great. He was he was pretty much healthy. But prior to that, he, he had some injury issues, and you wonder you know, whether he was going to be able to keep up with the grind of an 82-game season. And... You know that's that's gonna probably start breaking down at some point into into a five five or six year deal. But but if you're able to able to keep the, keep the dollars on a lower end, then yeah, the miners are all, always an option to kind of offset at least a, a decent portion of that contract. It doesn't mean you just keep you know uh, throwing caution to the wind and signing everybody right. those types of deals. But just it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be an issue if you have to tack on that extra year or two for a guy like him because guys like Matt Martin, guys like Casey Sezikis, they're not up in that you know four, five, six million dollar range where when you get to the to the tail end of that contract, like I was talking about right. with Andrews Lee, right? Where now you're like, oh man, what what are they what are they going to do with all this money on the cap? At least it's towards you know that lower end of things where you know you can maybe just knock out half the contract <laughs> right, right. or maybe even consider buying it out. Like I'm not here to advocate buying out guys like Matt Martin and Casey Z because I love those guys. I love that they're part of the New York Islanders. But when it comes down to a business standpoint, when you're getting towards the, the latter parts of their contracts, yeah, you might have to look at those options, but at least because their salaries are towards the lower end, you can stomach it. All right, we got one more question that's been mentioned a couple times. Mike Riley, the thought of bringing him in as another option defensively for the New York Islanders. Shawnee, where do you stand? Uh, obviously, um, oh, hi, Johnny, who's been asking several good questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he sees him as a better option than Sutter. Um, Martinez, I think, is probably, in my mind at least, as far as free agents go, he would be the top choice. But but where do you fall on uh, Mike Riley? I like the idea of Mike Riley because he's he's a younger dude. If I think he's like, what, 26, 27? He might even be younger than that. You can bring up Cat Friendly and let me know. He's 28. Okay, so he's 28. He's younger. I think Martinez is like 33, 34. So, you know, if you sign a guy like Smith to a four to six year million, you know, sorry, year deal, you know, he's still only what, 32, 33, and you get a lot more value out of that contract because most guys are still pretty good at 32, 33. Not everybody. That's not across the board. But you maybe get a little more bang for your buck for signing a guy like Riley. So I'm I'm good with that. There are options. You know, it doesn't come down to just Suter and Martinez. Those are just just seem to be the guys that are getting the most attention. Right. Right now, they're the highest. The names that are on the highest of um, everyone's list right now, it seems like. But last year with Boston, he played. Uh, I'm trying to look up here. Uh, 55 games Mike Riley played for the Boston Bruins in 2020, 2021. 27 assists in 55 games. That's solid. Uh, and 11 additional games in the playoffs where he had four assists. Yeah, that's solid. You know, like, look, I'll be honest with you. I haven't seen a lot of Riley compared to Nick Letty. <laughs> but the numbers sound pretty good. Again, he's he's a younger guy. And, and but not only, it's not only going to come down to who, you know, fill, ultimately fills in that left side second pairing spot. It's Noah Dobson is going to have to step up next yeah. year. He's going to have to have a little coming out party. Absolutely. And, and he's going to have to be a little more of that offensive guy and, and puck moving guy. And we saw some flashes of in the playoffs. I also had some things about this to say about him as far as uh, maybe being a little reserved at times, maybe, you know, still having those rookie jitters and 
still maybe needs a little more confidence in, in you know, the plays he wants to make out mm-hmm. there. So he's got to have a big year, and, and that'll help fill part of the, the void left by Nick Letty from at least a, a puck-moving standpoint, an offensive standpoint, and a, and a power play standpoint. So, you know, maybe it's more by committee, even if even if whoever comes in to replace Nick Letty doesn't exactly have the same skating speed and skill that everybody's been, you know, uh, praising Nick Letty for right. and, you know, his assist prowess and stuff like that. So, you know, you may not get an exact match. You know, you may get a guy who who is more adept in, in other areas, but if they can have Noah Dobson step up there and, and, you know, maybe even a little bit Ryan Pollock in the sense that, you know, maybe get a little more offense out of him as well. Then you can make up for the numbers lost by Nicoletti. But look, it's it's all very interesting. There's a lot of options out there, and and uh, you know, hopefully, find out sooner and later, sooner than later, what happens. And and the majority of Ireland, the country, is happy with uh, wherever they end up going. Sean, I think that just about does it for yeah. our questions. We really appreciate everyone who's thrown a question into the mix, into the chat. We've obviously enjoyed it because we've been here an extra 40 minutes yeah. than we usually do yeah um so Makes we've up been for having, missing the last two weeks well we've been having a very good time with yes so we appreciate it and yeah um sean i think that's it yeah i think so we could have talked a little bit about the deals made around the league seth jones to chicago ellis and philly and stuff like that but you know i mean they happen those are deals <laughs> We spent a lot of time. Maybe. People want to know about the Islanders here. Right, right, for sure. Well, look, folks, like we said, we're going to be back next week. We're going to be hitting up Blue Line Deli. That's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be there. Getting those tater trots. <laughs> That's right, pal. Yeah, we'll be starting live at 1 o'clock. And come down. Hang out. Get some bagels. Get some Sammies. Get some tater trots. Get, get some of them tater trots. So with that, we'll cue the music and... We will start saying our thank yous, and we will start with Greg Wyshynski of ESPN. Huge thanks to him for joining us tonight. Excellent, excellent spot. A big, big thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, and fantastic people. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com for their great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And a huge thanks to Thai Technology for sponsoring the show, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Three free months of service. And, of course, a big thanks to you guys for coming back and hanging out with us here at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Really appreciate the support, guys. We had a lot of fun this year. Yes, we did. And uh, the train rolls on next week. August might be quiet. Unless, you know, there's some big news. Maybe we'll come back and do a show. But we feel like next week may be the last one until maybe training camp. We'll Probably. see. We'll see. But that's Most how likely. it's looking right now. But as always, you can follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you would be so kind, please... Rate, review, and subscribe Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast providers and spread the word for Christian Arnold. My name is Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night New York. We will see you next week. Tater trots. <laughs> Tater trots. Bye.